2: In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland, brought to you locally by Smiley One, heating, cooling, and plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. Hi, everybody, and welcome to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin, and boy, do we got news for you. We got Baker Mayfield talking. Yep, he is uh, responding to Cynthia Freeland's um, comments that shocked the world earlier this week. And uh, Daryl Ryder was there to hear all of it. And Daryl, I have not heard any of Baker's comments because they just came down. So uh, I'm going to let you roll with it and let's react, my friend.
0: Yeah, I mean, basically, look, this is a conversation that was private on the field after the Bills and Panthers played the preseason game. And quite frankly, the contents of which should have never Landed in the public domain, but Baker Mayfield got to tell his side of the story uh, today when he met uh, with reporters in Carolina and obviously first things first and that is the denial.
1: That is not how I phrased it. That's not even what I said. So that, that's I'll just leave it at that.
0: And that obviously is not good if he was, uh, shall we say, misquoted. And right. So
2: let's go back Hang on. we I think we jumped ahead just a second there. Cynthia said on a podcast that Baker said he wanted to blank the Browns up. Correct?
0: Yes, uh, the, it was on the NFL's. Um, it was on an NFL podcast around the NFL.
2: Okay. Um,
0: and she, of course, is an NFL analyst, NFL Network analyst, right. and she was serving as the Buffalo Bills sideline reporter.
2: And so she um, she was on our show on Baskin and Phelps. I think she thought the story got blown out of proportion. She was a little nervous when she was talking to us. So I think she feels bad that she knows she probably shouldn't have said it. In fact, she knows she shouldn't have said it because it was a matter of confidence and trust. We'll get to that in a second. Daryl. let's
1: continue on with what Baker had to say
0: yeah so here's how baker described their exchange
1: i mean i've known i've known cynthia for years and and, um she said i looked happy looked healthy looked like i was in a good place and i said yeah Yeah. said i hope you go take it over and obviously descriptive but i said yeah me too so that's that's the extent of it it's obviously a bigger story because i haven't given uh the media what they've wanted me to give them this year and this offseason so this is what they think that i've said and it's not so second run with it but i know what i did and uh our team knows what i said so that's it's all right
0: and the issue again is she said that he said this on this podcast which as we know in our modern media world of aggregation got picked up by everybody so you know does baker mayfield feel that way does he want to f up the cleveland browns in week one uh yeah But what you can't do is take a private exchange that you have on the field and share that in the public domain. And, you know, Baker Mayfield, look, I mean, he he creates enough firestorms without anybody helping him. And at at the same time, though, um, this is something that like really isn't his fault. And I think that that's what frustrated him.
1: It was one thing that, you know, I'm off social media right now. So being it brought to my attention uh, was, was kind of shocking to me um, and just finding out that way, but it, it, it is what it is. But also at the same time, just still have to control what I can. It's frustrating in the sense that um, that's not the way it happened, but at the same time, just got to move forward. Uh, it, people are going to say whatever they want, but as long as I handle my job and my profession and, and, uh, show our guys that it's all about winning within the building. That, that's what really matters.
0: And it sounds like, based on what Baker said today, that she prompted whatever response that he gave her.
1: No, I talked to her. I mean, I think she addressed it. She said it. Um, obviously, you guys can go back and look at what she said. Um, but all I did was agree. You know, I hope we win. <laughs> it's pretty plain and simple. Competitive. I want to win. Um, and I don't. I don't think that should be. Uh, Gone.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, there you go. That's that's Baker Mayfield's response. He was asked a dozen questions today in Carolina about this whole thing that got blown out of proportion because um, she put something out there that was a, a private exchange, attributed a quote to him that apparently wasn't accurate, and she herself walked back and Baker ended up having to answer a dozen questions about today. So
2: on our show, she never said it was inaccurate. I can tell you that. And so it's, he said, she said, you can believe what you want. Um, I hate when Baker lumps the entire media together. It just, it bothers me. It's like saying if, if a but, player in the NFL gets a DUI, it's like saying all the players in the NFL are drunks,
0: but here's the problem, Andy, this situation, again, understanding it's, he said, she said, right, right. But uh, this situation is why players detest the media. It is why Baker says what he says about the media because he may he had a private exchange with somebody on the field without the expectation that what he was about to say would be put out there in the public domain. She came at him like their buddies, which apparently they are according to both parties that they right. They, right. They have history, right? And right. so, when you have that type of relationship, guess what? You're going to be a little more cavalier and loose-lipped with what you say and how you respond and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It just it goes back to she should have kept her mouth shut.
2: Well, okay. I, I agree with you that this story never should have got out. I agree with you that she shouldn't have said it. But there isn't a player in the NFL that doesn't know that when you say something to a reporter – it is on the record i don't care if somebody says it's off the record or not they learn it from day one when they walk into rookie symposium and they tell them that right away look no matter how good of friends you might be with the media and you may be best friends you may have known them your whole life there is nothing off the record so be careful for what you say okay that that's one of the problems that i i, I don't there's just a, there's a lot of elements here that just kind of like I, I, I kind of see Cynthia's – like, Cynthia's messed up. She shouldn't have said it, especially if she knew. So, really, Cynthia lost her trust in Baker. Baker may have lost his trust in, in Cynthia. And probably Cynthia isn't going to get a whole lot from anybody else. But I also think the players also know that this isn't a multi billion dollar industry if it's not for the media. 100%. And they've got to do some media uh, things. No one says they have to say anything out extravagant. Extravagant and and the media, if you're a player, needs to be a conduit to the fans again. I always say that also needs to be responsible in how they do their job, sure. No, no, I don't disagree with you, and you're right, you're right. But if the player is using it correctly, there's an incorrect way to do it. And the other thing, too, is if if a player is nice to the media, man, I gotta tell you, that it's hard for the media sometimes to say bad things about somebody who's nice. Someone could be a bad player, but if they're the, if they're super guys and you know, they're trying hard and you know, maybe they dropped a couple catches or, or something crazy like that happens. The media will be a little less 10, a, a little less on the player, especially in a market like Cleveland. I've seen other markets where they just like media is the enemy and the players are the other enemy. And our market is not like that.
0: See Boston, see Philadelphia, yes, see New York city.
2: Exactly. But if smart players understand, especially ones that want to get into media when they're done, that the media is something that can help them and not hurt them. And sometimes it's not, you're better off not fighting with the media. Now in this scenario is somebody
0: who would be very successful in the media
2: post. Absolutely. Like we've talked about this before. He's going to be a great analyst. He is going to be very good on television when he's done. And, but He'll be like, I'm a former player, I'm not a part of the media, when he's really going to be a part of the media. Right. And and, uh, and we know plenty of players like that, and that's fine. I, I mean, I don't have a problem with that. If you are adding to my entertainment experience by letting me know things that I don't know about football, I don't care if you're a jerk or not, right? So, But I also think that good no, – no, I shouldn't say good. I think that players who know and recognize what the media can mean for them have an advantage.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I'll just, I'll kind of give you an example. While I understand what you're saying about everything sure. on the record. Mm-hmm. So a couple of weeks ago, uh, out at training camp, I had a conversation with Dee Haslam. Okay. Notice this is the first time I'm mentioning this. Okay. I wrote about it. Never, whatever. Sure. Because it was an off the record conversation, um, She had a few things that she wanted to talk to me about, and I had an opportunity to speak with her about a few things, and what we discussed will remain private because- Because it was a private,
2: non-media conversation.
0: 100%. Number one, I was not recording the conversation. You can get mad at me because you don't like my take on something or my opinion or whatever. One thing you'll never get mad at me for is misquoting you. Sure. Um, a 100 that i mean that's like the cardinal sin you you do not misquote players or coaches totally agree. so so um now i could have run to a keyboard and upchucked chucked 1500 words on everything that d haslam and i discussed uh, on the practice field for that 10 15 minutes considering that was like the first actual conversation besides a hey, hi, how are you, good to see you type thing as she's walking by over the previous 10 years. But she had no expectation that she was on the record with me. I was not recording the conversation, and mm-hmm. we, were just, we were just talking. And mm-hmm. so that's why what we discussed will remain private. I don't say that just, you know, so, oh, Daryl talked to What It's to, to provide some context of my criticism of what Cynthia Freeland did in that we have private conversations with people all the time in front of their lockers, before, after practice, whatever. And if somebody
2: I, says, hey, Daryl, that's not on the record, you're not going to use it.
0: A hundred percent.
2: But And I'm the same way because you have to respect the relationship of the players that you're talking to.
0: One hundred percent. And trust me, there's been plenty of juicy stuff that has been said to me over the years that has stayed between the ears. And, and and because when you violate that trust, that's when people don't want to talk to you again. So, um, I use the D Haslam example because yeah, I mean, what we talked about was some, you know, some, some pretty deep stuff and, uh, it would have made for great copy. It would made would have made for great story. But again, I respected the boundaries of that conversation, and I think that in this case, that didn't happen, and so Baker, who, again, causes enough problems for himself, he's a little bit of a victim here. Now, even if he said it, even if he said, I'm going to F up the Browns, right? even if he said that to her, it does not matter. That conversation, the contents of that conversation should have never seen the light of day at most she should have said, you know, talk to Baker Mayfield briefly uh, after uh, the game against Buffalo. he's looking forward to that week one matchup against his former team. that is it okay. that's
1: that's, yeah,
0: that's what I said the other day and of what she should have disclosed. So she made a mistake, not trying to you know, uh, you know bag on her or whatever, but you know, To be fair to Baker here, he's got a legitimate reason to be upset, regardless if he said it or not. That headline should have never been a headline.
2: Agree with you. Let me just peel the curtain back just one more time, okay? In the media now, there are gray area reporters. I was a gray area reporter when I worked for Fox Sportsnet. And when I say a gray area reporter, it's a reporter who – uh, is traveling with the team, working for the broadcast partner of the team. And I got to tell you, that position gives you a ton of juicy stories. Of like, course. I could I could write a book. No question. I could write a book on the Cavs uh, with LeBron's first run, and I could write about my six years with the, with the Indians. But when you're in that position, the information you know is not information for air. It just isn't. Um, you know, there's like a rule about when you fly on a plane, with a team, you never talk about anything that happens on the plane or the bus or anything like that, because you know, in, in you're a part of the entertainment package when that happens. Now, your training and your roots may be uh, have ethical bounds in journalism, but when you are that position, you know what you what what you're saying, and I I always find it interesting, and I and I've been lucky enough to be in different positions in my whole career. Same as you, Daryl, I'm sure. That you have to know what you're talking about, when you're talking about it, and who you're working for at that point. And when you're working in that position, the last thing you want to do is upset your partner. So you, you're very hesitant on saying things. That's why I think Cynthia is in a weird position because she works for the NFL. But on the other hand, um, you know, there's there's like, I, I find it very interesting. And I think we're very lucky because I don't think a lot of people know this. that. Daryl, I've never once been told, don't say anything negative or positive about the Browns. I've always been told, and this is on 92.3 The Fan. Because I was concerned about that when I first started. I was like, I don't know about this. I, I, I kind of, I'm wondering, you know, can I really be who I am? And I'm wondering, especially when we became the home of the Browns, I'm like, oh, man, I don't know if we're going to be able to say everything we want to say. I've never once at 92.3 The Fan have been told, don't say something. So and i've never been called in the office for saying something that might upset um that might upset the browns i got called in the office once for upsetting the indians and i was right and i'll never ever ever <laughs> i'll never back down on that and i know what i did was was fair honest and was a perspective that that was correct and man there was one person who's no longer with the indians guardians that just blew a gasket cuz i said something about someone being on the playoff roster when they shouldn't have been. That's it. That was, I mean, you'd be surprised how often we get phone calls from teams when they don't like what we say. And I I, I tell you when it comes to 92, three of the fan, Andy Roth and, and, uh, and our other bosses, Tom Herschel have our backs. As long as you don't say anything incredibly stupid or can get you sued. So, all right, th- there he is. Just a little bit of behind the scenes stuff about the way the media works and you know what happened with Cynthia and Baker. So you've got that. We do have a roster. Is it set? We'll talk about that next on it's always game day in Cleveland. It's always Game Day in Cleveland. Once again, brought to you by Smiley One Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. It's always Game Day in Cleveland. He is Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Talking about the Browns now, as far as roster cuts and the 53-man roster that we see sitting in front of us right now. Daryl, um let me just go to today's big addition, uh, Kellen Mond. They picked up another quarterback, uh, and he goes right to the active roster too. He didn't go to the, uh, he didn't go to the uh, uh, inactive roster or the um, reserve right. roster. So, uh, first of all, your thoughts on that and picking him up, and you know,
0: just what do you think of that? They're spending a valuable roster spot on a quarterback who hopefully won't see the field for them. It's interesting. It's a very interesting pickup. Kevin Stefanski said today that uh, he's a player that they had scouted a couple of years ago, took, taken a look at, and, um, they had an opportunity to bring him in. They're going to do just that, take a look at him, see what he can do. And, uh, you know, kind of go from there, but, uh, he does cost the Browns a very valuable roster spot. Does that mean that they, uh, if need be wave Josh Dobbs to try and get him through waivers and onto the practice squad remains to be seen after the preseason that Josh Dobbs had, though, I don't think he's getting through waivers. So um, it is interesting that it appears at least for now, they're going with three quarterbacks on this roster and Kevin Stefanski, who loves him, some fullbacks and tight ends. Doesn't really have much of either. No fullback and only two tight ends. It is a very interesting roster composition for sure.
2: I was very proud of you when you asked Kevin Stefanski that question. I was like, yes, that's an un- in-always-game-day-in-Cleveland question. So I was very proud of you, Daryl. I, I If I could have given you a pat in the back when you asked him, were you surprised by his reaction?
0: No, because Kevin never gives me anything. so <laughs> Or anybody else that asks anything. Uh, I, if I remember correctly, saying, I, I still love those positions. It's just, you know, the roster, uh, you know, the makeup, uh, sometimes you have to be flexible or whatever. So,
2: so that means Andrew Barry won. That means Paul De Podesta won. Correct. 163.
0: Yeah. yeah. So we, we know who's wearing the pants in the building right now. It's so my not question Kevin is,
2: Zubansky. I wonder oh, where Kev... that
0: was funny. That come was on. funny. I, I'm
2: sorry. That was funny. All right. All right. I got you on that. Where do you think he did win? I'm sure he won with a couple players, but when you look at the roster, even the reserves and not the practice squad, I see Dawson Deaton there who's on the IR. And I say to myself, huh, all of Andrew Barry's picks over the last three years are dotted somewhere on the roster.
0: Yeah, he, um, <clears throat> I think one of the interesting questions that needs to be asked and I will some, at some point find a delicate way to ask it because you do have to be respectful when he asks these questions, but sure. the smart Alec in me wanted to be like, Hey, Andrew, got a question for you. Are these draft picks this good or you just have too much pride to not cut any of your guys? <laughs> Cause this is year three for him and going back to his first draft, everybody's still here. So, yeah, um, but uh, it it is interesting for sure that all his draft picks are still here. I thought for sure, especially this year, because you had everybody was picked between rounds three and seven. Right. And if you can find anyone, obviously outside of the of Cade York, right? Right. Everybody else and, and David bell. Cause like when they drafted David bell, I think everyone was like, yeah, th- this dude can just flat out play and he's going to be a, a player. Right. Right. But everyone outside of that, it's a crap shoot. It really is. And so if you could get one or two of those guys to stick to your 53 man roster, like that's a win. I didn't anticipate the whole damn draft class making the team. <laughs> I'm just, I'm keeping it real. Like,
2: I'm I, 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 wondering how often that's happened in Brown's history. Like, I didn't think about it until you just said it. Um, and, and but I, I think that, you know what? If Anthony Schwartz got cut, no one would recognize the fact that Andrew Barry's draft picks have all but made it. You know what I'm saying? There was zero because there was scrutiny. There
0: was scrutiny on Schwartz. There was zero and, chance Schwartz he was getting cut. I tried to tell everyone that. No, no, I believed you. And, I'm with well, you. I'm just saying, I, I, there, there were some hosts at our station that were displeased with my response. <laughs> it's like, hey, look, I mean, I'd be disingenuous. Does he deserve to be cut? Hell yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I got hammered on the
2: pregame show for saying that the Browns would carry five or six running backs. Oh, they're only carrying four. I was told that by other hosts. And they were laughing at me. I was like, I don't know what you guys are looking at, but I can tell you that when you look at the end of it and Dimitri Felton's listed as a running back, you're going to end up with five. Unless Which they, I said the five only five way,
0: too, because yeah, he's to that sixth receiver, right?
2: Correct. And it, by the way, I mean, I, I, I'm shocked. There's no fullback on this team, or another tight end that could be a fullback. You're shocked. I was
0: shocked. Well, did you have Stanton on your roster? Yes. I yeah, I had Stanton on the roster. And also, of did you me. did you have Winovich
2: on the roster? I did. You did. I so the the pregame show, they were saying, I don't know, man. Can't win the can't make the club from the tub. I'm like, you can make the club when you've been traded here. That's and right. you gave up another player for someone. And if you value your draft picks, you're surely going to draft your trades.
0: Yeah, I think the only guy I missed on was Stanton. I mean, not to pat myself on the back.
2: No, go ahead, pat yourself on the back.
0: But go ahead. The, that that was it. my big miss was Johnny Stanton. <laughs> That's a pretty good pat. So your sarcasm is noted. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no soup um, for you.
2: Um, all, right, all right. So l- let me just go through the roster and just, uh, I just want to go through some points on the roster. Okay. When we hit September 11th, will it be Cooper, Peoples, Jones, Bell, Schwartz, or- and Woods? Yes or no?
0: Barring injury? Yes.
2: Will we have five backup offensive linemen, which I I can't remember last time I saw that.
0: Yes, because they learned their lesson. Like last year, they just not not that they needed to be taught a lesson. Uh, I shouldn't say it that way, but like l- last year, they, you know, they they just got killed with with the uh, the need for offensive line depth. So clearly, they pl- placed a premium on that this year. I'm just looking here.
2: Would they end up with ten defensive backs? Is that right? Yeah, something like that. Ten DBs, and you said eleven or twelve, right?
0: Yeah, I yeah, I I thought off by I,
2: one. I, I love it. Like we're off by one. You were off by one on one, and I was I was just like, and
0: Phelps was all over me. He was like, oh,
2: six isn't five. Rah, rah, rah. So no well, really I'm was not going to
0: take a victory lap. This roster was very predictable this year, the, and it, it should it, be. It, 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 That's it really a sign was. of a good
2: team, right? Yeah,
0: yeah it, it really was predictable. So I'm not going to sit here and do any victory laps or pat myself on the back. Um, it's just, it was predictable. If, if you watch practice, if you paid attention during training camp, you, you could see. And that's why outside of them keeping just two tight ends outside of them cutting Johnny Stanton, there was not one single cut Andy outside of that, that I was like, Whoa.
2: Yeah. I, I thought it was interesting that, you know DeAnthony Bell and uh Jordan uh, Kunisic, right? That's how you say it, isn't it?
0: Kunisic Sounds good to me.
2: Well, I mean, you're talking about free agents that made the team. Right?
0: Oh, as far as well, undrafted rookie free yeah. agents? Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, I mean, you know, for the first well, time Bell,
2: Bell's a rookie, right? And is Kunisic I, I don't know if he's a second year yeah. player or not. Uh,
0: Bell uh, uh, Bell's a rookie. Right. Uh, Anthony Bell. And, his, you know, his story is a- incredible. The fact that he, you know, bounced around because he couldn't afford college. Right. And then when he finally caught the attention of some Division One programs, his grades weren't good enough. So he, uh. he couldn't go there. He ended up at a Division Two program in Florida. He's the first player from his high school, also the first uh, player uh, from his college to make the, the National Football League. Um, He was hauling boulders for his dad, yeah. you know, who did construction. Just it's, it's an, it's his story is everything sports are made of. It really is. It's, it's the ultimate, I don't want to say rags to riches, but, you know, a, a kid that had been through an incredible amount of adversity and he never lost belief in himself and he never lost uh, sight of his dream. And, and his goal. And, you know, as m- members of the media, we're supposed to be impartial. We're not supposed to root one way or the other. If we root for anything, we root for the story. Well, that's a story you root for. Okay. Sure. If, if I'm not supposed to root for the player, you know what I'm saying? I'll root for the story. That's a story you root for. It's a great, great story. Um, the profile that Mary Kay Cabot wrote for cleveland.com on, uh, on michael woods the second incredible uh profile uh i encourage everyone to to go read it it would just uh, i I don't want to spoil it but uh, i'd recommend maybe having some tissues handy
2: (laughs) yeah you know it kind of reminds me of the rookie a little bit too the the story itself it's not the same but i don't know if you remember the story about jim morris yes Um, i've seen the movie yeah so dennis quaid played him and that's a great that's a great story too. I mean, that was a. that's a Disney story. We'll see what this one is. That it sounds like a movie, doesn't it? Yeah, especially it really if he does. steps on the field for the first game of the season.
0: Yeah, and uh if, you know, uh, obviously he's on the team because they believe he can contribute, right? It it's right. not just about the story. I mean, uh these players have made the roster on their merits, or that Andrew Berry's is really big fans of his draft picks. Um, <laughs> i'm sorry boom no but it's just it's so unusual to be three years deep into a regime and you know we're not used to it right we're not used to getting to year three with a gm or are you kidding at least since the hassle or quarterback
2: sorry (laughs) and we, we got there for uh about a minute um, did we even
0: get there for a minute yeah we got there from yeah we did uh baker spared uh, stopped the qb carousel at least for a couple of years there but yeah i mean um the these players uh you know make making a 53-man roster is extremely hard to do especially if you're a fringe player and you better um, be
2: joe thomas that's all i can say you'd be happy to be joe thomas and Are you kidding
0: yeah, and, and the other thing too is, is like cut down day is like the worst day. It so many guys' dreams end, and not not just with missing the fifty three, but that don't get an opportunity to be on a practice squad, uh, somewhere. So it you know it's it's one of the the toughest days of the year, um, in, in the NFL, uh, cut down day, that final cut down day, uh, to fifty three, but um. Yeah, this roster. But don't worry.
2: If you're the seventh round pick next year, you're in good shape. Don't worry about you it. You
0: are destined. It, it, I don't care how many n. Uh, how how many uh, picks they have between rounds three and seven. If you're drafted by Andrew Berry, you're guaranteed a spot on them.
2: Especially guys. with no first round pick. Oh, now you're even. <clears throat> now you're even bigger and better. And right, just, Darryl, and just
0: for the record, mm-hmm. I'm being sarcastic. Oh. I just, I, I have to, well, oh. not everybody gets my sarcasm and I really don't feel like having unnecessary conversations with people. So I just, I just having some fun, just having some fun.
2: Well, you win. Uh, let's take a quick time out. We'll come back. It's always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, want don't you subscribe to the show? We'd love to have you on board. Like, um, I mean, we got quite a few people listening, so we appreciate you. I'm telling you, we will personally appreciate you if you want us to, too. We're good with that. So if you want us to talk about you, we'll be happy to. At game day cle, that's right. At game day cle on Twitter and Instagram, eight point five. That's what Vegas says. You buying or selling? Next on it's always game day in Cleveland. It's always game day in Cleveland. He is Daryl Ryder. I am Andy Baskin. Eight point five, not the Richter scale of John Carroll. What Vegas believes the Browns will win this year? Are you under? Or are you over, Daryl Ryder?
0: I'm under. Under? Ooh. I'm an really? eight. Missed it by a half point. <clears throat> no improvement over last year, is what you're saying. No. Downgraded at quarterback, downgraded at receiver, defense. Stood, Pat. Maybe got a smidge better. Um, running back got better, got deeper. But at the most important position, they downgraded. I mean, I think Baker Mayfield's a better player than Jacoby Brissett. I'm sorry, um, but I think that the organization is a lot happier that they have Jacoby Brissett and not Baker Mayfield to be you know to sure. you know balance, you know, balance mm-hmm. that out. But I'm just strict football evaluation here. I think a healthy Baker Mayfield. Yeah. I think that uh, they downgraded a quarterback until Deshaun Watson's allowed to play. And I look at that schedule, man. Oof, brutal. It is a brutal schedule. And the, the first four weeks are going to determine whether or not the Titanic takes on water after hitting an iceberg. Like that, those first four games decide the season, in my opinion, because mm. they, if they are like at worst, they need to be two and two through the four games. Okay. If they are one and three through those four games, see y'all next year. Um, but yeah, I, I look at those seven games from October to the end of November. And man, Andy, that is just, it's a gauntlet. So, yeah, right now I'm going to say under they win eight games. So, here's how I think the season's going to
2: play out. And this isn't, I, I eliminated my heart. I kind of feel like, I, I feel like Jacoby Brissett's going to play a little better than we think he is. I hope so, at least. And then I think, you know, they'll be over five. I think they can be over 500 after 11 games. And then I think we're going to bring in a quarterback who hasn't played in 27 games. And it's not going to be what we expect. I don't know. I think it's very difficult to ask someone to be a top five quarterback in the NFL after they've sat out for 27 games. And that's where I think that the, this season's going to take a weird twist, where I think that Brissett and Stefanski will be able to be on the same page. Maybe they add another wide receiver, or maybe David Njoku or one of the running backs gets a lot more receptions than we think. At least that's the way I think it could play out. And I I, I really think that, you know, like expectations for David Bell because he's a rookie, he's going to get better as the year goes on. I don't know about Deshaun Watson when he comes back, and that's not against Deshaun Watson. I just think it's – if he can be a top five quarterback when he comes back, That's like superhuman. I just don't know how you can sit out that long and be one of the elite quarterbacks of the NFL. Now, maybe when we're talking sometime next year, I'll change my mind on all that, and hopefully Deshaun will go back to where he was. I know people talk about, you know, like, oh, backups are always ready to go because they're backups and they know how to get in. I think that's horse you-know-what. I mean, there's a human element to what these guys do, and I think the game's going to look really fast to Deshaun when he comes back. And I have a feeling this is the way it's going to play out. This is the way. What do you think?
0: I 100% agree with you. Don't. 100%. Wow. And you here, think they'll
2: be a little better with Brissett than we think?
0: I don't know because the supporting cast. Like you have one proven wide <clears throat> receiver on this team. One. I'm not arguing with you. i that at all. No. So, week one, you got to face your former quarterback. Oh, by the way, you never win in week one. Um, one, 21 and one. one twenty-one yes. and one. Bush two was president the last time the Browns won in week one. Bush like. They have like a 19 or 20 game winless streak. <laughs> Yes, they will always have that tie against the Pittsburgh Steelers a few years ago. Wow! But I mean, history plus Baker, but it is a winnable game. They can beat Carolina, but that's that's going to be interesting. Then they come home. The defense
2: will have to win the game of watch. It'll be a Cade York field goal that wins it.
0: Then they got the Jets at home. That's very winnable. Okay, maybe you're doing on a short week. Never Steelers.
2: So everything I keep hearing about, they're like. I, I think the Steelers have some issues, so I, I really do. And you know I the other too, thing?
0: But my problem is every time, every – Andy, it. I swear to God, for like the last 10 years, I've been saying this is the year the Steelers just flat out suck. And every year, Mike Tomlin finds a way to have them 500 or better. He has never had a losing season in Pittsburgh. They will
2: win nine games. They'll figure it out, and we may yeah. be two of them.
0: It's 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 incredible. So mm-hmm. I, it's a winnable game, but – I just I can't take this that for granted, right? right? Falcons, they should slap the you know what out of well, the
2: field. Not, okay. Look, I'll give
0: you the Pittsburgh game. Where are you? Four and one. Well, I the, so conceivably the Browns potentially could go four and zero. Oh. They could, they could start four and zero. Oh. Okay. Let's be yeah. honest about it. The Browns are not going to start a season four and zero. Oh. <laughs> no, that
2: one twenty one and one thing haunts me every time I watch oh, it. Like, oh look, oh they played
0: so competitive in this game. I know.
2: We say that um, every,
0: they played so competitive, so oh, they're gonna, they're there, they're back. And, and unfortunately, it tends to like set the tone, right? I mean, they right. only had three winning seasons since 1999, or is it four? Are they up to four now. I've lost track. There's been so <laughs> uh, two thousand three,
2: yeah. they
0: went nine and seven and made the right. Playoffs. Butch uh, two thousand seven, they missed the playoffs, but went ten and six. Hoyer and, year, right? Um, and then uh, two thousand and. Uh, Twenty, they made the playoffs, going eleven and five, because they had a bunch of they had a couple seventy yeah. nines in there. So they've only yeah they've only had three winning seasons since nineteen ninety nine. Three,
2: yeah, that's correct. Oh boy, I don't even want to think. So of
0: that. yeah, week one losses tend to set the tone. So they but they could like those first four games, Andy. There is an opportunity where they could they could conceivably start four zero, and if that happens, then I think this team really could take off. I really believe that, but if they stub their toe early and they're like two and two, or they're only able to win one of the first four, it it like, it's just the, the trains are going to, you know, the train's going to come off the tracks. Cause you've got Justin Herbert and the chargers. You've got Bill Belichick and the new England Patriots. You've got Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Uh,
2: Wait, won't he be in Miami then?
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals follow that.
2: Okay, I gotta tell you, everything I hear about the Bengals offensive line is brutal.
0: It's They're fine, not good. Saying uh they they uh, were in the Super Bowl last year. Uh I the know. Browns have never sniffed the Super Bowl. Uh the Dolphins on November thirteenth, Josh Allen and the Bills, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Like that is a and uh, that is just a very, very What week? Uh what week are the Bucks? November twenty seventh.
2: Uh Thanksgiving weekend. Okay.
0: Yeah. Hmm. So, and then, and then, of course, December fourth, assuming that Deshaun Watson is full in in full compliance with his uh, terms of reinstatement, Mm -hmm. and uh, you know he'll start December fourth against the Houston Texans. Seems a
2: long way away. That's you you realize.
0: There's just like I said, those first four games I think are going to set the tone for the entire season, and it's either going to set them up for some success going into that tough seven game stretch. Or this thing is just gonna like spiral completely out of control. Um and, and by the time Deshaun comes back, the season will be lost. So um I, I just I don't I don't see them being like a hover around five hundred team. You know what I'm saying? Like I I think they're gonna be either really, really good or it's just gonna go really, really bad for them.
2: All right, I'm just looking something up here real quick. Um you do realize. If you want to realize how long it is until Deshaun Watson comes back. Deshaun Watson doesn't come back. What day did you say he comes back? December? December four. December four. The entire Big Ten schedule and the Big Ten football championship will have been played before he comes back. That's how far away it is. The
0: Big Ten championship game will have been played?
2: The Big Ten championship game is on December 3rd. He comes back on the 4th. The entire Big Ten season is, has to be complete before he comes back.
0: So if I'm understanding you uh, you uh, correctly here, and uh, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, it's going to be a while.
2: <laughs> yeah. You're good at math. You're very good at math. Not really, but... <laughs> it works for this one. Um, So, Daryl, um, just some podcast news for everybody, too. We will be going to three podcasts a week I can't remember if it's next week or the week after. I'm assuming it's once the season starts. So I would think two after next week after
0: the season opener.
2: Yes. So just if you like the podcast and you enjoy it and you're driving around town and you like listening to it, just to give you a heads up, we are going to add another podcast once the season starts. So and a little it's bit a more than just game his... podcast.
0: Can yes. We tell people that, or Are we launch. Yeah. No. Go ahead. Knock it out. Okay. Post game so, podcast coming. So we're here. looking
2: at a post game podcast. What do we? What do we? I forgot what we came up with.
0: And then the we'll,
2: uh, usual two during the week.
0: Two during the week, yeah.
2: That normally drop in the morning.
0: We'll make it up as we go along.
2: And if there's huge breaking news, of course, we'll we'll give you an emergency podcast. We like doing that.
0: We do. Um, I'm just looking at the schedule. And then uh, they got the Thursday night game. So the, the week of uh, the Steelers game, going to be a little flexible there as far as our schedule goes. But otherwise, we're going to make an effort to uh, have a, a pretty consistent schedule during mm. the season.
2: Daryl, I want to add a new element that might get cut. Um, let's end every show with one unusual question. You ask me one unusual question, I'll ask you another unusual question. How's that sound? Once a week, we'll ask each other. And it doesn't have to do with football, it can be okay. anything. So it's one. And then if you want to participate, hop in at, at Game Day CLE on Twitter or Instagram, and you can ask one unusual question of either one of us. Today, Daryl, I will ask you an unusual question, and then you can ask me an unusual question. I all put right. You on the spot. right. I'm ready to go. All right. My unusual question for Daryl Ryder. In your office where you do your show, you have all kinds of memorabilia. What is Daryl Ryder's favorite piece of
0: memorabilia in his office. Ooh. This 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 is gonna work really well on the podcast. I'm currently, so I'll do play by play. I am currently looking around the office right now. Okay. And um I'm just going to say my entire bobblehead collection. And there are one, two, three, four cabinets filled with bobbleheads. And if you ask me to pick a favorite. We're going to be here for another 45 minutes while I try and figure out my favorite bobblehead. So I'm just going to cop out and say the entire bobblehead collection.
2: Very good. I have an extensive bobblehead collection too. You know what else I have? I have an extensive mic flag collection. Do you know what that is? For anyone that's not listening, I have all these mic flags from stations that I've worked at, all of the alphabet all over the place from montana to here to espn to you name it and i've got it what's this oh he's showing me all of his he's got old radio stations that he's worked for too
0: you're you're not the only one
2: (laughs) i I think there's only one station i don't have and that was kgvo when i worked in missoula and i did uh same, same uh, I don't think I, the funny part is I don't think we can afford mic flags. All right, Daryl, your turn. I, I mean, you can ask.
0: say I, same here. I don't have a mic flag from my first radio station because we did not have them. Yeah, we couldn't afford either. them. <laughs> I think that's a yeah, nice way of putting it. We used um, to put cotton balls around budget.
2: it. <laughs> I told you the the line about my boss is in Missoula, right?
0: Yes. You how about you. how cheap
2: they were or what they used to say, how cheap they were. That if it cost a nickel to go to the bathroom, they would explode. Okay, Daryl, your turn. One unusual question.
0: Favorite press box delicacy. Ooh. In just Cleveland? No. Like, what is your favorite thing Hmm. to be able to consume in a press box? It can be a beverage it can be a dessert it can be an entree oh man if you say salad i'm going to be very disappointed in you
2: no i'm going to tell you who had the best
0: uh that's not the question
2: uh that's um, but it's got to be a food
0: it it has to be a food or a beverage all right while you think of yours i'll tell you mine tell me
2: yours and then i'll tell you mine okay
0: the halftime pretzels At First Energy Stadium.
2: They are good. I don't know if they're really pretzels. They're more like salad bread. That are pretzel-y. Well, they're They're pretzel pretzel sticks sticks
0: Yeah, they went to pretzel sticks this year, and I don't know how I feel about it. Um, But, um, yeah, the the halftime pretzels, I I do enjoy those. All right, I stalled enough. Okay, well, here's what I'll say.
2: Uh, Here's what I'll say. And this was my... Favorite food, but I had to go out in the stands to go get it. Does that count or no? No, I can't say that. No, you. It's got yeah, all I can you say know. is it, it's it, it, the barrio nachos at the ballpark are unbelievable. Oh. They're unbelievable. And I would I, the problem was I would spend an inning out there waiting to get them because the line was so long, <laughs> and then I would take them back up to the press box.
0: See, that's why I always I always went like as soon as the gates open. So that, that's what I do when when I'm covering uh, Guardians games is when I need dinner. Uh, as soon as the gates open, I hit the concession stand so that I don't have to wait in line. I am the first customer of the night.
2: All right, here's oh, what I'll say. Uh, you know what I really like? I, I like the fact that uh, the Browns have those giant bottles of water. I know that's lame. It's a silly. It's it, it's, is, it's Miles new. It Miles the one that Miles promotes.
0: That but is. But I like the
2: fact that I can go grab a bottle I of water. Like water. Andy
0: Baskin's... I'm trying to because you know why none of the food knocks water. my socks
2: off. Do you want me to say hot dogs? I can eat hot dogs all day. <laughs> I like hot dogs, but if I
0: say hot dogs, I'm like, I don't think this bit has gone as well as you thought it. would. No,
2: it sucks. It's At probably gonna get cut you. anyway. I, I'm. I, I'm trying to
0: think of what we have in the Browns. I've got plenty to say, but for you, it's not gone so well. No, because I think about other press, like Fenway Park. press box delicacy, ladies and gentlemen, is a freaking bottle of water.
2: Dude, Fenway Park was the best. Minnesota, they would come up to you. The twins would come up and ask you what you would like to eat. Now, this is back in the day. I don't know if they still do it, but and it was at their old ballpark. Um, I hated Yankee Stadium food. Brutal. Like... I felt like some old lady with a hairnet and a cigarette and like was sitting in the back and making like cheese sandwiches from bread that was, that they didn't use in the ballpark for the last couple days oh, back in the fantastic. day. Um, Fenway had amazing food. Fenway pretty much had any food you could think of. And I felt like I, I seem to remember they had two areas where you could eat. Um, Anaheim I always liked too because you could sit outside. Um man, I'm going old school on some of the stuff. I'm trying to think about I know I'm a big popcorn guy too, popcorn and peanuts. So if they have popcorn and peanuts, that keeps me happy. How's that sound? There's a long way to go. We'll think of better unusual questions. I mean, how do you go wrong? Cracker Jack? Daryl, I think our time has run up. I think the meter, I think the meter ran,
0: ran the meter out. You filibustered that one. I tried. I tried not to. I will never forget Andy Baskins' go-to in the press box: a bottle of water. Thank you, thank you. I will make sure that the next will time live longer in the press box. I'm going to have a bunch of a bottle of water
2: for you. They did have Chinese food. Uh, what was that last game? Yes, that's maybe we should do that at the end of the show. Rate rate the press food, food, the press box food for every game.
0: Uh, so our esteemed producer Meredith. Uh, yes. Wanted you, me to mention no. the uh, the uh, the crab cakes at Ravens games, which, again, I would. But I went with pretzel sticks at First Energy Stadium because, well, anyone that has seen me. Meredith, <laughs> you can hop in. The, no one's stopping I'm the, you. I'm the first one to race to the uh, the lunchroom to get in line to get my uh, halftime pretzel. So,
2: All right. I'm tired. I'm done. So are you. And we've had a long week. And guess what we'll be talking about next? Game number one, yeah, baby, game number one. Baker Mayfield, the Heat will be turned on even more. Daryl, uh, quickly, a final thought. A final thought.
0: I'm still getting over you, the water, and your man. bottle of water. I suck. How's that sound? You want to leave it at that? We'll leave it. No, at I, that. I, no, I just like the record to reflect that you said that That's and fine. not me.
2: I just didn't have an answer, and I was like, I, I love the convenience said, like, of
0: it. You're, hey, you're the one that said, "Hey, you know, got the got the unusual off the wall question." Again, I clearly was prepared, and you were not. And <laughs> we, we didn't even know we were doing this. I just made it up at the, people the people end, trying to give people a little bit more. I know, and and you know what? Hopefully, next podcast you will have more to give than a bottle of water.
2: All right, I'm going to start writing down more unusual questions, and you are not going to like me as this thing moves forward. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin for our amazing producer Meredith Kane. Thank you, Meredith, for putting up with us again. This has been It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. If you want to be a part of the show, at Game Day C L E on Instagram and on Twitter. It's always Game Day in Cleveland.